keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the roast of Alexa Bliss. Plus we're covering like three shows and a pay-per-view. A lot of stuff got, a lot of stuff went down on this 21st of October 2021 edition of Wrestle Roasts. Jesus Christ. It's been a crazy day. There's been the G1, there's been Crown Jewel, we haven't talked about, you know, Rampage, SmackDown, AEW Dynamite on Saturdays, Halloween Havoc is next Tuesday. Who said October's a slow month for wrestling? The ratings. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I live in my own little bubble. Uh, Roast is coming up. We've got Kane, Scott Steiner, Cindy Whopper. You said uh, it's so sad about Kane. <laughs> well, we compared to Scott Steiner and Cindy Whopper. Five dollar uh, tier Patreon. Uh, well, this uh, this this Monday, you guys will be able to access in our five dollar tier our Escape the Undertaker uh, review, which Mike will be hosting. Plus, we're going to answer some fan questions. And um, if you're a member of Rigor Patreon now, you have my Crown Jewel review. We'll be, I'll be asking the boys what they thought of it, but I gave like a a twenty minute review of Crown Jewel. Um, as far as the rest of the Patreon schedule, you got the roast of Nick Gage the week after The Undertaker, then World War III. Then we're going to be doing an MLW event that Robert booked. Uh, we're going to be reviewing QT Marshall's The Wrestler. Then we're off. Then the roast of Ryback. And we've got an open slot. Haven't figured out what we're doing yet. Jingle all the way to. Then we're open off. slot. We're roasting Sonny again. <laughs> <laughs> Day one review and the roast of. Anoki. If you remember the ten dollar tier, you got me and Robert talking raw this week. Next week we're talking Halloween Havoc again. If you're a five dollar member, you're getting uh, not just the Undertaker review, not just Crown, not just my Crown Jewel extravaganza review, but me and Scott are going to be reviewing the G one. Yeah, the G one uh, final. Yeah. What a wild, what a wild final that was. Uh, Crazy. They're become they're starting to become more and more WWE, but we'll we'll talk about that. That. Uh, as far as uh, I mean, you know, I mean, what, the it, same couple of names every year. <laughs> no, just like the finish was very. Uh, oh, you think that's a work? It was I real. have no idea. I, I think it was real. You think Look, I it could have been a work, but. Well, let's talk I about it. it. We'll talk about it. On yeah, the I, I rewatched it. Did the ring explode? Oh, uh, no. buddy, we'll talk about it. I'll mention it in my low spot. All right, well, I'm, I'm also going to be giving my fantasy bookings for Wrestle Kingdom in case you guys give a shit. Real excited about that. Um, how are you guys doing? Time? I need to check in. Scott? Uh, I'm, I'm well, man. I have, you know, just in general, I mean, let's just talk about as a whole, not even just today. I feel like I'm at this point where the pandemic is over enough for me that I, I, wrestling isn't the only thing I'm consuming. 
and life seems to be getting better. And then today was a day <laughs> that I got to uh, enjoy wrestling, and but I didn't feel bad about it. Just sounded like every NA share I've ever heard. <laughs> and since I've stopped just watching wrestling, yeah, I, I want to talk about that because our buddy, uh, our buddy Rose Battle Champion Mike Lawrence here just started watching The Sopranos, and I'm like, how the fuck? Yeah, are you baby. able to watch wrestling and the Sopranos? You're like, what are we watching? The Beatles of TV and wrestling, and it's got to ruin. I didn't watch one or wrestling. Both of those things. I did not watch wrestling. I've only been watching the Sopranos because, yeah, it's hard to go from Richie Aprile to Matt Seidel. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think's a better heel, Matt Seidel or uh, Richie Aprile, Mike? Oh, R- R- Richie Richie Aprile because like. You know he's earning his heat. He's a he's a DC villain. That's a good yeah. Heat. Yeah, he totally he totally looks like the Punisher is going to kill him at any moment. What kind yeah. of ruins it about Richie's when you realize he's in Shawshank and he's just <laughs> one of the prisoners? And then every time I watch Shawshank, I'm like, it's that fucking Richie Aprile. He's nothing but trouble. He's so great. He's also in Monster Squad as the pilot. The Dracula. by the way, no no better heel than than Janice. What a promo! Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Janice and Richie take the place of lip, but we should have a Sopranos podcast. Scott, are you a Sopranos fan? Uh, I watched the he last. He lives it. Like the last four seasons, uh, I watched in at the time. I guess I was in high school, but yeah, I, I went back and I guess I watched. You know, I've watched like the Pine Barrens episode and stuff right. like that. I know, but no, yeah, like oh, Scott's like a skinny get- Anthony Junior. Dude, so we I lived like 10 minutes from where the house was, like out well, 20 maybe outside of you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the day after the finale, me and my buddy, we, I guess we were seniors in high school, we drove uh to to the house and there was news reporters out front and they interviewed me and they were like, What did you think? And everybody was hating on it. And I was like, it was, it's about family. The whole time it's been about family. So <laughs> it's not what it was about. Yeah, it was ass, dope. Like I do about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Tony anyway. was the top oose. He was the head of the table. <laughs> Woke up this morning and watched some Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the AEW. <laughs> Col- Colton Gunn is the okay, uh, guys cast the Sopranos, but with only members of the Gun Club. Yeah, <laughs> Christopher is definitely Colton. <laughs> uh, Christopher's probably my meh, Tony's my favorite character. Carmel and Christopher. I mean, those are the top three. They're, they're great. Yeah. Anyway, this is not a Sopranos appreciation post. I did do an episode of uh, Sean Donnelly Celebrate where we talked about that. It's a cheap plug for uh, one of my. Oldest, bestest comedy friends, but let's get to the. Hey, Dan, we did one here for something to sports entertainment with, where we talked literally for an hour about. I want to forget Saints about that episode because I want to forget about the many saints of Newark. Here, here's want- the thing: I'm the kind of nerd where I want the disappointment that you guys have for many saints of Newark. So, oh, I'm you will if you get to the, the end of Sopranos. Even if you hate the ending of the Sopranos, like there's so much good shit that happens the last like the last eight episodes that it's worth it anyway. Um, Mike, it's like, going from, it's like going from it. watching Endgame to watching Ben Affleck's Daredevil. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same thing, but not really. It actually, yeah, it'll be interesting to see your... I mean, it really is. It's it's. He will it's, run screaming back to wrestling after watching that. Yeah, that's true. You, sh- you need to watch Many Saints in Newark so you can enjoy WrestleMania this year. Done. All right. Well, speaking of big pussies, uh, hey, Alexa Bliss is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
She does not. I, I don't know if she has a big pussy. It's in a Dan defending her. She does not have a big pussy. It's like, how do you know? Um, I've heard nothing about her vagina, but this is the bright side (laughs) of Alexa Bliss. And there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of bright sides. Great promo. Uh, Really good heel, I think. Decent face. Um, You know, uh, her mixed stuff. (laughs) The way he said decent face sounded like he's talking about her physically. (laughs) Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. just sounded... You just sounded like a Sopranos character. You know, she got a decent face. I, I am not going down the uh, describing a woman's body route, uh, but uh, very good looking lady. Um, seems like uh, <laughs> the mixed stuff with Braun Strowman and her got her over. I just said that. First winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber match, three-time Raw champ, two-time SmackDown champ, two-time Women's Tag champ. Uh, I think the second Money in the Bank winner after Carmella... You know, she, I always get, she's kind of like the Ryan Reynolds of wrestling in the sense that like, she's been in a lot of shit, but I don't blame her for it. Like, (laughs) you know, like Ryan Reynolds was in a lot of really bad movies up until Deadpool, but you could always tell he was kind of charming. And I feel like the Wyatt stuff could have been way worse with a, with a worse performer. Um, In, uh, in ring, she's passable. Um, She's the, She's she's the only wrestler who actively tried to save an animal's life with Larry Steve. I don't know if you guys knew that story. Most 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 of the times you're Jake the Snake just leaving Damien in a, a trunk to freeze to death in Cincinnati. But if you're uh, if you're Alexa Bliss, you're actually going to a couple vets. Um, and uh, smart got an MA at medical dietics from the University of Akron, and uh, seems like a good person. Has having a struggle with some demons. Um, like an eating disorder, which is something I've actually struggled with. Obviously, I don't look like it, but I have. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I like a that was the most like uh, vulnerable thing I've ever said casually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was a fat bulimic for a little bit. I don't know why I did that, like Jerry Seinfeld. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I've always really liked Alexa Bliss. I've always, uh, you know, the Alexa character. My wife always really liked. She does not like the Lily character. Um. But yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm an Alexa Bliss fan. Robert, what do you think of Alexa? I, I think Alexa Bliss is uh, is great. She has consistently tried to improve in every area of her game when she could easily have coasted. Um, you know, we talked about it. I know Dan said she has a great face because he was just talking about the way she looks because he's superficial <laughs> and that's fine. She is a an objectively beautiful woman that the WWE can use to put out there in mainstream world. And she could coast on that. And instead, she focused on being a better in-ring performer and a better character. She was good at her promo. She understood what her characters were. She didn't shy away from a lot of the nonsense that they threw at her. And we talked before on something in sports entertainment. We talked about this back in Total F and Mark's days that she was good enough in her delivery on a lot of this that she could be cast on any regular television show and it would be a seamless transition that she could be on. Well, we specifically said CW shows. I don't know. No, we said she's ready for Sopranos yet. No, she's not Sopranos, but if you arrow, you know, she'd be fine on arrow. I mean, Jim Ross will put her on one of the Chicago shows since the only shows he knows are on television. He doesn't (laughs) know how to change his remote. Um, But she's really, she's really convincing at what she does and she seems passionate about wrestling. Like she could easily have jumped ship at some point in time, including after the concussion and all these injuries. 
she sticks with it. She was always entertaining wrestling and, and this current iteration that she was doing with Lily and the, and the playground, she made it work even if it wasn't good. She, she put her whole heart into it as opposed to certain people where you just know they're kind of going through the motions and phoning it in. I, it's great to see someone who genuinely loves all of the entertainment aspects of wrestling. Uh, Mike, what did I, Mike, I've really never, you know, I know you've, you've hated some fiend angles, but I don't know your opinion on Alexa bliss. I don't know if you like her, dislike her. No idea. I think she's awesome. Yeah. I mean, here, here's, here's the thing about wrestling. Um, you first, first you have to pass the Mike Lawrence test of should you even be on my TV? Um, and uh, half of AEW does not do that. Uh, and Jesus. some of WWE my, doesn't. Let me tell you something. Like, why Mike, are you Mike has been TV? poking the Scott Chaplin AEW bear this last week. Just yeah. little digs here and there trying to get Scott to go Crazy. fucking slaughterhouse on him. No, I mean, but I feel the same way about certain people in WWE where it's like, why the fuck are you there? You're not good. You're not trying. And she's somebody who came in, you know, with no wrestling experience and has really tried, really excels. Um, yeah, like like Robert said, loves, seems to love what she's doing. Um, seems like a good person outside of it. Does Twitch and all of that. It's like I love I love Xavier Woods and the up up down stuff and and even you know what Adam Cole does with it and, and all those guys where it's like, yeah, I think it's fucking smart because they saw the generation previously just try to live off wrestling and it didn't work. And so they have other avenues. The fact that like she's in a bowling for soup video, they did a song about her because she just likes the band. And it's just like a fun thing she did. That's, you know, smart for her, maybe business wise, but also just like, I like when you know what people are into. I, that's a, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know one fucking thing that, uh, you know rick martell likes i know a lot about what alexa bliss likes <laughs> money yeah you know but like uh you know the you know dressing up as harley quinn all of that stuff and and i and i think we've all said it mike and mike froze oh no lily has possessed I'm mike sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry about that no, I was going to say, it's like, yeah, no matter what we want to say about, like, the angle she does, she always fucking tries. Yeah, I think she's, like, one of the, like, I think if, if we were a roaster five years from now, we'd be able to be like, oh, this angle was great, and this angle was great. Like, I think she's just waiting for the really great angle to kind of land in her lap because she's an excellent performer. Uh, Scott, you've hated The Fiend. Yes. Uh, you've hated this uh, Lily Alexa Bliss character. But yes. what do you think about Alexa Bliss? Oh, I think she's great. I think she's one of the top uh, women's talent in WWE. And the WWE has the top women's talent in the world for the most part. Uh, she's, you know, top six at least, which says a lot. I mean, the women's division is generally better than the men's division. Uh, at least for the last She's five like years. She's like top three talkers, been. top six, you know, wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, and she offers something different than the other women do. Well, I mean, that's like a big compliment on a lot of these top women is they all do feel very different. But she feels even more different because she's not as a good of a wrestler as some of them. Yeah. That it's like you, 
You don't put her in that uh, who's better, Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, or ba like you don't even bring her up, but she's great. It's uh, she's she's something other. It's kind of like how when you talked about Austin and The Rock, and then she's kind of like you know, somewhere to MJF she's almost like Foley, you know, yeah, she's, she's not beating the shit out of herself or anything. Yeah. I would say MJF, you know, in a lot of ways, you she, know? Yeah, she, she's comparable to The Miz. Well, I think she's a better promo than the Miz, but like, like you know she fills that role. No, the Miz is a great promo, I think. I don't but, think no, I think Miz is a really good promo. Well, I just think she's better. Bliss is a good total package that you can put her out in the mainstream media and I think she's a tier below the best women that they have, but she's not in that category of like I don't want to watch a Lacey Evans or Tamina match, but if it's an Alexa Bliss match, I know it's going to still be really good. It's not going to be a five-star Melcher classic. It's not going to be Sasha and, and Charlotte, but it's still going to be a really great match. And she's gotten better over time, not worse, which is a compliment, whereas some of the women tend to regress as they get into their career. Yeah, I understand the Charlotte-Alexa feud was kind of death in a lot of ways, but oh, the match God. itself was... Yeah. I mean, it was it was produced really smart, and it was wrestled really smart, and you know she did she did she does wrestle like that character, like she completely changed her move set, which a lot of the times when somebody goes heel, they don't change their well, I mean she or when they change their character. I mean, I think Brutus the Barber Beefcake was doing the same shit as Zodiac, so it's like you know it's cool to see the move set change a little bit. Yes, yes, I would say he was doing the same shit. Uh, sucking Hogan's dick. <laughs> Dude, I just finished Norm MacDonald's book. It's great. If you guys have Oh, it. hey, I did too. Oh, it's so funny, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Awesome. So funny. I, I did the book on tape. It's because you get to hear him the whole time. Oh, I read it. I'm a... Uh, More... High school. You're in, you went to high school. <laughs> no, I have to read it. You know, we're, you know, I got because I got to read it over again and go, what does that mean exactly? And then I got to look up words and shit. You know, all right. I like man. highlighting you, stuff. You were leading with, uh, I've, I've finished a book. We were all impressed. <laughs> but there is like this conspicuous grammar school calendar in back of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> literally, yeah. you would see in a social studies class. Well, you called it a calendar. It's a map. Uh, shows how much Dan knows. <laughs> oh, sorry, maps. Yeah, yeah that's Russia, cool. not January. <laughs> uh from to russia and january love i have no idea what i'm saying uh, but we uh we said a lot of nice things about alexa bliss oh, i wanted race. to say i wanted to say one more more thing dan yeah um i think you know we always like shit on the idea of scripted promos but we never compliment the people that are good at them she is really good at giving scripted promos <laughs> And, and we're going to get to it because we're going to talk about show and how we're going to review the uh, Bailey. This is your wife segment, which is atrocious, but it's not her fault. It no. actually isn't her fault. Um, and I think it would even be worse. It would be like like LeVar Ball bad if 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 there's somebody else instead it of it was her. Eva Marie. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. It was Eva Marie. Think about how much worse that would have been if it was Eva Marie. Oh, yeah. No, she, right. is the, she is the anchor of a sinking ship on that yeah. one. All right, let's get to the roast of Alexa Bliss. You want to pick the order, Mike? Uh, you go first, Dan. All right. Roast of Alexa Bliss. Alexa's internet bullying must have been bad. I mean, imagine having to get off the road, give up that live show money, and spend months mentally recovering. In the same house, Ryan Cabrera is coming up with new shit. 
<laughs> Yikes. If you haven't listened to uh, Ryan Cabrera and enjoy music that makes the Goo Goo Dolls sound like Godsmack, then this dipshit's for you. <laughs> Ryan Cabrera's most famous song is On the Way Down, inspired by the star ratings of Alexa's matches. <laughs> Alexa's an adult who's really into Disney. I think the technical term is molested. <laughs> Why are wrestlers so into Disney? What's the one thing that'll make me forget about what we did to Brody in the shower? A trip to the country bear jamboree. <laughs> Bowling for soup. They named a band after Marty Jannetty's Christmas. <laughs> Pop punk is an oxymoron. We went from the sex pistols calling Margaret Thatcher a cunt to why won't this boy go out with me? Alexa is a three-time Raw champ, two-time SmackDown champ, and five-time reminder that WWE belts don't matter. She looks like somebody Tony Khan secretly paints portraits of. Uh, she was she was engaged to Buddy Murphy, but then abruptly bailed, which is the same thing you can say about Buddy's push. Her newest gimmick was what Jerry Lawler got in trouble for. <laughs> fans scream she's the fiend she's no fans scream she's killing the fiend alexa bliss or type 2 diabetes <laughs> <laughs> i like the fiend before alexa ruined it you mean the time he had a dr seuss mallet that golden time of the fiend <laughs> lily looks like my wife after watching a lily segment Remember when she winked? Normally, if you're from WWE and have that much deadness in your eyes, you're Linda on the campaign trail. <laughs> Been a rough year for Alexa, a lot of loss. Also, is it odd to you guys that we never saw Bray and Larry Steve in the same room? Uh, she competed in the Arnold Classic, uh, opposed to a classic Arnold, which is coming in your maid's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> The most magical thing Alexa did was snap her fingers and make 80,000 New Yorkers forget Hulk Hogan said the N-word. All I'm saying is that there's a good chance Flair is under her window in a pirate outfit right now. <laughs> um, all right, that's it for me. All right, uh, Scotty. All right. Mm. Alexa Bliss. Uh, she dresses like a little girl and Bray Wyatt looks like Honey Boo Boo. Her playground should have been the kind made out of tires because those segments were a car wreck. <laughs> Alexa's playground makes me want to jump out of Allegra's window. <laughs> Fucking segment. She just sit on a swing. A swing is also what Teddy Hart takes at women who look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Why, when a woman acts like a little girl, they give her a playground, but when a man acts like a little boy, they fire Velveteen Dream. <laughs> if Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey are the Mount Rushmore, Alexa Bliss is the Epstein Island. <laughs> her acting's been so convincing, so convincing. She recently got a DM from James Ellsworth. <laughs> Uh, 
her character was ghost inside the guilty conscious of Brian Landry. <laughs> her gimmick was conceived when Bruce Pritchard thought, what if Blue's Clues gave you blue balls? <laughs> Lily is what happens when you give a loving kiss to a cum sock. Lily is a lot like Andrade's butthole in that they've been torn up by Charlotte. <laughs> I'm not saying people who like Lily skip the line, but they're definitely cutters. <laughs> <laughs> he went from bowling for soup to bowling for Columbine. <laughs> she, sometimes wear a, she sometimes wears a skirt. Skirt is also the sound Nick Hogan's car made before he paralyzed his friend. Skirt. Okay, that's a stretch. If not a skirt, sometimes she'll wear overalls. And uh, overall, the gimmick sucked. <laughs> Every Alexa Bliss segment should end with Chris Hansen walking into your living room. You weren't going to do anything. Then explain this tweet. Alexa Bliss is twisted and I'm here for it. Hashtag WWE Raw. <laughs> uh, I bet she doesn't support trans people because ignorance is bliss huh? oh man somebody's trying to get an Emmy her birthday is on the anniversary of the US dropping an atomic bomb on Nagasaki and the Tate LaBianca murders when will the curse end <laughs> Alexa and the Fiend were a lot like the war in Afghanistan in that it should have never happened and her old gimmick is like the Taliban in that it's making a comeback and finally her last name is Kaufman so maybe she's just fucking with us <laughs> alright uh, uh, Robert <clears throat> Alexa Bliss the most fuckable person we've roasted since Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> Alexa Bliss's fiend character dressed in overalls, wore pigtails, and sat in a playground swing. She was like a gateway drug for pedophiles. Bliss's real name is Lexi Kaufman, which sounds like every girl I sat next to in Hebrew school. <laughs> Bliss has a degree in medical dietetics, which was of great interest to the locker room until they found out she can't write scripts. <laughs> Alexa Bliss was part of Triple H's WrestleMania 30 entrance. Hunter would have asked her to hold his sledgehammer, but he wasn't ready to get divorced. <laughs> Bliss's first NXT character was the Tinker Bell of Wrestling, a gimmick that would eventually go to the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> Alexa eventually became a cruel, twisted bully who savored the suffering of others. It was bold of her to steal Stephanie McMahon's shoot personality. She was Angelica from Rugrats if Angelica made bad career choices. Bliss won the first women's elimination chamber, which is just what it's called when you're alone with Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Later, we're going to talk about Alexa Bliss's This Is Your Life Bailey segment, which was proof that there were worse things to happen to large crowds than COVID. <laughs> Alexa Bliss was engaged to Buddy Murphy, but much like the creative team, she eventually lost interest in him. <laughs> Alexa's wrestling influences were Trish Stratus and Rey Mysterio, 
though unlike Trish and Ray, she managed to avoid getting screwed by Vince McMahon. <laughs> Bliss is currently engaged to Ryan Cabrera, which tells you everything you need to know about her taste in men or music. Alexa was due to compete at the first ever women's uh, pay-per-view, Evolution, but was replaced by Alicia Fox. There is no greater indignity in wrestling than knowing you can be replaced by Alicia Fox. <laughs> As fans know, Alexa had a pet pig, but sadly, Bray Wyatt was released earlier this year. <laughs> Alexa was so good in her Fiend role that the WWE did fire Bray. Telling her she's taking over the Fiend role was Vince's subtle way of letting her know she needs to lose weight. That's it for me. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Uh, today we're roasting Alexa Bliss, a true inspiration to me because she gets paid lots of money to play with dolls. <laughs> she was originally in gymnastics, the only sport more dangerous for a woman than pro wrestling. <laughs> At five foot tall at 102 pounds, Alexa Bliss is the smallest current wrestler not named Adam Cole, baby. Uh, <laughs> she's what would happen if you sent a brat stall to the performance center. <laughs> her current persona is Luna Fashan when she forgot to take her pills. <laughs> she came into the WWE with a history of having an eating disorder as opposed to most women there who are bullied into getting one after the job. <laughs> Thankfully, she was able to overcome her eating disorder so she could call Nia Jax fat on TV. As a woman, she is fine. As a wrestler, she's fine. Prior to WWE, Alexa had zero experience as a pro wrestler, and it shows. She started uh, taking on a dark and spooky character because Bruce Pritchard is back in creative and it's the only idea he has. <laughs> a likable blonde that teamed up with a fat, scary, bearded guy? Was this a wrestling angle or Dan's wedding? <laughs> with her current character, she was able to take chicken shit and turn it into chicken salad while still keeping all of that original chicken shit flavoring. <laughs> it's weird watching a 30-year-old come out in a schoolgirl outfit it's like watching the mom try to play the kinky stepdaughter in a porno. <laughs> She's like, what would happen if you crossed the bunny and Abaddon with consistent screen time and crowd reactions? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, she's a future Hall of Famer because, hey, if Molly Holly and Tori Wilson are in, why the fuck not Alexa Bliss? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alexa Bliss. I think we were I think we were meaner to Abdullah. Yeah. I think we were meaner to the guy who's ruined lives. <laughs> well, we've yet to find out how much uh, hep C she spread around the business. <laughs> Come on. This isn't the Missy Hyatt episode. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um let's get to uh show and hell the Bailey. This is your life segment. Uh I mean this segment is atrocious. If you haven't seen it. They're trying to do The Rock and McFoley. This is your life segment. But the big difference is uh, The Rock and McFoley aren't in this. The Rock and McFoley were the biggest, two of the biggest stars ever on TV, you know, like in The Rock and Stone Cold, especially. Like 
this is my big complaint with WB. It's like, it's like, well, Austin and, and, and the rock, they were able to do live promos. They were able to do this. They're, it's like, just play to people's strengths, man. Like you don't have to like, you, 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 not the same shoe isn't going to fit for everybody. Um, it's, it's, it's not Alexa's fault. Uh, there's, there's, it, there's a kid playing Bailey's ex-boyfriend who may be the one of the maybe the worst actor I've ever seen. I mean, so bad, dude. Booed out of the building. Uh, you know, it, it, the only thing that was kind of fun was the teacher was booed, and it was kind of worth it to see the teacher get booed. But yeah, this is just a, a train wreck segment. It ends with Alexa getting the advantage uh, through a kendo stick, so she doesn't lose her heat. Um, and it's uh, it's real bad, man. Uh, well, I go get a Heineken zero zero. What do you think of this, Mike? Yeah, this is horrible. Um, because it's you know, a few things here. Uh, you know, we reviewed the original This Is Your Life segment, and that wasn't good. And you know, and we all said like that was way too fucking long, and it was only like barely buoyed by the charisma of the rock and foley, but that's not a good segment. So you remade a bad movie. And then it's also the thing that kind of made that one work a little bit is that the rock is in the ring, that he's reacting to everything and he's able to tell these people off, but, but Bailey's not even there. So it's just Alexa doing this monologue with really bad actors. And it, it's funny. Cause I, I watched a clip of uh, Alexa bliss um, talking about this in an interview and she was saying how she just felt bad for the uh, actress that played Bailey's best friend and that she was getting booed. And she was like, I was just trying to help her. And I'm like, no, everyone was getting booed. Uh, everyone hated this segment. I remember this was one of those. I definitely wasn't you know, watching week to week at this time. But this was one of those. Everyone was like, you got to see this fucking thing. And I did. And yeah, it's it's it is really uh horrible um and it's also yeah the scripted promo thing it's like she's stuck in this bad thing and she can't get out of it you, you kind of feel for alexa a little bit um but also yeah this just did nobody any favors so uh yeah this is this is one of the worst things we've ever watched yeah, yeah but it is here. i mean so because we watched The Rock and uh, Foley one a few weeks ago, I feel like, or a few. Yeah, months for ago. The Rock's roast. Yeah, at and the end of August. Holy shit! It's like what thirty something minutes long, and it's it's twenty six minutes. Okay, twenty six minutes long, and it's not good. But the the thing is, these people that are coming out are being booed, like this segment. But with that segment, you know that The Rock is like a part of them being like he's booing them too. Whereas, yeah. whereas like Bailey's not even in this segment, she comes out at the end of it to just beat up Alexa. And so there's no one to even root for in this. All you want to do is boo a segment and it's like fucking 12 minutes long and Bailey shows up what at the 11 minute mark? Because Bailey's yeah. the heel. She could have stopped this at any point in time. <laughs> and she hates the audience so much that, no, you're going to sit through 11 minutes of Alexa Bliss flailing around out there. And what's so egregious about this is knowing how many times this script goes through script revisions and that this still managed to escape and get on television for 13 minutes. 
what almost makes me wish I could have access to is there's an audio feed of what's going on in Gorilla where they're giving direction and hearing Vince slowly lose his mind during this segment would have been so redeeming because he hates slow segments and dead segments. And this crowd was so fucking angry that they had to sit through this. You um, say that, but isn't that every opening to Raw? Yes. Isn't that every Raw? That's every Raw. But now Vince doesn't I have a question. Care. Yeah, Robert, what was, what are, what's like a segment that we may have thought was like kind of terrible, but Vince was backstage like just salivating over? God, there there were so many. St- oh, there was a really stupid thing with uh, it was it was a it was Big Show and Snitsky, and he wanted to make sure that they were like they're gonna use everything, including the kitchen sink. Ha ha! And he's like, let's find a kitchen sink. So Big Show pulls a kitchen sink out from under the ring, and the crowd fucking hated it. And Vince thought it was the funniest thing he's ever seen in the history of wrestling. He um, loved it. That's in all, Vince's that's all defense, you I think he's right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it is very Looney Tunesy. It's fun, I, man. I, I, I really was was uh, afraid Robert was going to say when the Undertaker beat up Chris Canyon. So <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Benoit Memorial episode when Vince knew the truth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're all going to regret saying this. Let's put it I on mean, TV. <laughs> Regal definitely knew the truth, right? Can we just talk about that for a sec? Regal totally fucking knew. Oh, I think about eight of them knew the truth. <laughs> uh, Vince definitely didn't know. That was Vince. I don't I don't I don't necessarily think Vince knew because I think Vince again, it's know. like he's dead, and then it's kind of he's just rushing around, whereas like Chavo, I mean not to be sidetracked, but yeah, like Chavo, Regal, um I think, dude, like maybe hardcore. Ho- there was like a few guys. Who, oh, like one of the one of the referees, right? Like Mike Kyoto. I, f- I forget who, but uh, that would you know, be he texted such a, funny- a few guys, and those dude, guys knew. Dude, how funny of a parody sketch! I mean, we, we couldn't make this, but it was like it's like that Benoit the tribute episode. It's like three wrestlers talking about Benoit, and then like under one of the Chirons, you're like, this guy knew. So like, <laughs> like yeah. So you, uh, you and Chris were really good friends. No, I wouldn't say we were good friends. I wouldn't say <laughs> we were just uh, acquaintances, really friendly. I, I think I think that the best thing you, you can say about the Alexa Bliss interview is that it made us talk about the more lighthearted Benoit tribute episode. <laughs> I just wish at some point during that segment, they called an audible and sent Bailey out soon. Like we didn't need the conclusion of the story of the ex-boyfriend and the best friend falling in love. Like somehow they got a better storyline than anybody else on raw during that that episode. That guy. Can we talk about that guy for a second here? I mean, (laughs) she was bad too. The the, the friend was really terrible too. At least it wasn't a wrestler. Like at, at least they didn't cast, a wrestler in that role like some poor developmental kid where that's the end of your career i always felt bad for ray gordy we we they first use him as trish's boyfriend in some segments and it was it was absolutely atrocious and then they had to go away and bring him back with a more sophisticated gimmick with festus as his partner. jesse <laughs> jesse and festus but uh yeah like so that's the worst is if this would have been a legitimate like all right we grab some kid from nxt and this was their opportunity Fucking, we also uh, just Kenny i think Omega. we're we're, we're uh, looking past a, a really important part of this segment the amount of times that alexa insinuates that bailey has sex with her dad is really weird like, well i don't know if he's just sex with the dad but the daddy closeness 
Uh, I could see that. I could see how you saw that. I, it, I, it, it feels doesn't, like it doesn't, that. It like, doesn't rise to like Beaver cleavage levels, but it's just it's funny. Only in wrestling can someone insult someone by saying you spend too much time with your father, <laughs> especially on a Vince McMahon show. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that Stephanie was your head writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Time to move on to our tournament of champions. And by that, I mean, I hate myself for deciding to do this. We must hate ourselves. World Cup this week. Kind of a real hodgepodge. It's Arachnaman versus the anonymous GM, which uh, took me down two really, really unfun wormholes, guys. Uh, they should just change Arachnaman to Hip Toss Man because that's the only thing he could do. And he looks kind of like if Baron Semedi fucked corn like an actual stalk of corn um it's the web package is a pretty good finish though it was bullet brad armstrong i had no idea uh a funny thing about this is that uh they had a lawsuit that came out and then they just dropped it immediately <laughs> like so there was just like they advertised it big for like two shows and then that was it um there is a better version of Arachnaman, and that is Leo Rush as Spider-Man in AAA last year. Uh, the anonymous GM, man, I, if, if you don't know this gimmick, I mean, God bless you that you didn't have to get, didn't have to go through this shit, but it was, it was probably my least favorite time watching wrestling. I really do think it should be anonymous GM heat from now on instead of X-Bot heat. At least X-Bot was over at times. Um, and uh, anyway, they had this recurring storyline where, there is a laptop on Raw. Uh, there would be a message from an anonymous GM. A lot of the times it was hinted, oh, could it be Stone Cold? Could it be The Rock? Could it be um, who, Kurt Angle? Like, whoever it was. Like they well, would, People they, were coming up with, is it Bret Hart? Like, the ideas of who it yes. may be. And, well, you know, the, the, the only thing that is, that's, that is funny, Scott, I will say about the anonymous GM, is that this is what replaced Bret Hart as GM. So I just think it's really funny that replace Bret Hart with a computer. <laughs> <laughs> it was more human than him. <laughs> the anonymous yeah. GM was just Brett when he woke up with the concussion. <laughs> uh, but anyway, man, um, you know the one thing I will say uh, is it, it did like you know I, I get us I guess it kept you guessing until we found out it, it was indeed uh, Hornswoggle, uh, the son of Vince McMahon in kayfabe storyline i guess wwe believes that like old folk tales strange happenings are the results of gnomes in the forest dude i don't like, even remember this being hornswoggle i feel like they just fucking dropped it it was hornswoggle. No, no they revealed it was hornswoggle eventually yeah. so bad wasn't he vince's kid too yeah he was and he wasn't it was just... a punchline of we don't know how to end a story what if it's hornswoggle <laughs> yeah that's great shit. <laughs> that Goddamn midget running around fucking up the show. That really should have been Eric Rowan Spider. <laughs> it should have been Hornswoggle in a spider costume. Anyway, my, my, my vote for this, I, I think that <laughs> I do think um, that Anonymous GM is the worst gimmick. I mean, I just I just said Leo Rush was really great, the Spider-Man gimmick at AAA, so that automatically kind of disqualifies arachnaman um yeah it, it, it it's just the time the amount of time this fucking thing tuck up i mean this was at least a year right 
Dude, and it was, it was, again, it created genuine interest and it affected every episode of Raw. This thing was making decisions. Is it fucking with people? Is it, is it, is it, um, doing favors for someone like it was it was so entwined in every goddamn storyline and then they gave you nothing it's it's the worst uh gimmick of all time wow strong words and a raptor man dude come on dude that's fun i like when a guy's just like you know a, a knockoff of a superhero i like his finisher you know the little little small package spidery thing yeah as a resident spider-man fan although robert <laughs> you're a pretty big marvel fan as well uh, Mike, what did you? Which which gimmick is worse? I mean, yeah, it's I I, I feel like this is going to be a a, a sweep here. Um, Erecta Man, it's just here's the pro- okay. Erecta Man makes like WCW look low rent because it's a shitty like off color Spider Man costume. It's the kind of thing that Jerry would do in Memphis all the time. Uh, you know, Ninja Turtles and shit like that. I think they did try Ninja Turtles like once in WWE on like a dark match, but like it's just, you're going to get sued. It's not going to work. And Spider-Man wasn't even that popular at this time when they did this. It wasn't a movie or anything or even the animated series. So that was a little weird that they went with him when, you know, you had Batman 89. That would have made more sense. But um, the anonymous GM is unwatchable. Um, it's because it, it led to Michael Cole talking more, which is never good. And it was always right. He'd be like, you hear that sound that do 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 do. And Dude, then the only time I've seen Michael Cole genuinely happy was when they brought the anonymous GM back and Michael yeah. Cole smiled because he could just feel the crowd <laughs> repelling against it. And that's and how then he, he would always for another 200 years. And then he would always go and I quote, right? It was, yeah, he fucking... loved it. He loved fucking. With yeah. Me. He would, he would read so slowly. I mean, this was, yeah, this was so bad. And it was also like, um, like Adam Pierce is better. Like, like nothing, which is Adam Pierce, nothing is better than the anonymous GM. <laughs> so yeah. a, a guy with no humanity at all. Is nothing is worse. Than you mean. Yeah. What's that? Nothing is worse than the anonymous GM. Yes. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he. No, what I'm saying is that Adam Pierce is nothing, and that's still better than the anonymous GM. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Robert, or is it just going to be a clean sweep? Arachna man. Um, and I will. Really? I, and here's why. Well, so first of all, Mike brought up a lot of the points I was going to about about Arachna man, which is it looked so rinky-dink and terrible, <laughs> and was clearly going to get you sued when they were like, "Well, it's like it's like a Jim Hurd thing of well." What the fuck do kids like? I don't know. They read comic books. We'll just send a guy out there dressed like a comic book. And it makes the product look stupid. And Brad Armstrong's a really talented wrestler who just wasn't great at talking. And they made him like the candy man and all this stuff. And it's it's a special level of dumb that you're spending TV time on something that you know eventually Marvel's going to stop this when Marvel had, had sued uh, the WWF over Hulk Hogan. And there were all those issues with with uh, the intellectual property rights over Hulk. The anonymous GM garnered heat from the audience when a lot of other stuff didn't. And more importantly, it took away from a production and having to do backstage GM roles and establishing a general manager. It was very tough to find a consistent GM that was going to be used on TV that you could rely on week after week 
who is going to be compelling. And worst of all, you'd have to film all of these backstage pre-tapes. And sometimes you'd wind up spending your entire day in, for my, it was Bischoff's office or, or, or Teddy Long's office having to film five or six of these where the wrestlers come in and they have a conversation and they leave. The anonymous GM was just a quick, stupid little fix for the writers of just, all right, they're going to send a note. Michael Cole is going to stand up there and read this. And Michael Cole was playing a heel when in reality, Michael Cole was playing Michael Cole. The, the shit-eating grin, the evil fucking guy you want to punch in the face is Michael Cole. The guy he plays now as the news reporter guy is a character that Michael Cole plays. So he was relishing being that heel. The end, I quote, got heel heat. And it was a quick way to just move something along over the course of a segment without having to film a backstage pre-tape. So from, from that perspective, you were solving a problem that they, they clearly wanted to get rid of because they couldn't find a sufficient GM. They did the year of celebrity GMs, which some of those were a hell of a lot worse than this. This was just an easy, all right, we need to move this one step forward. Who's going to ask the anonymous GM? Rob, Robert's answer is why robots are going to take over. <laughs> yes. For anyone, for anyone who says that Robert is a WWE apologist, you're right. Yes. <laughs> Rob Robert, here's here's the only problem with your your logic. It was not quick. It it you, it, what, it could have been a quick way to move things, but it took so fucking long. It did, but you didn't. Again, you didn't have to do a backstage pre tape. And from a production standpoint, not having to film something and then get it approved by Vince, who's going to find some stupid nitpicky thing and make you reshoot it five fucking times because it's a 45 second segment of, all right, Chris Masters, tonight you have a match. It's just so much easier to just have Cole read it off a screen. It's the only reason why I'm justifying it. Did it, did it suck? Yes. Arachnaman sucked more because it was never going to go anywhere. They wasted time on it. They wasted money on a costume. And, uh, you know, from an intellectual property standpoint, fuck WCW. We have yeah, Robert. Robert is like someone pitching to Vince, like, "Hey, kids nowadays love uh, being on the laptop," and he's like, "We got to get a fucking laptop." Oh no, no, and that's the other thing is Vince hates emails, so that's part. It's like a Vince thing. He's like, "Oh, there's nothing worse than having to write or read an email, right?" And I'm sure there was like, "Yeah," like he he's terrible. Any email he ever sent was like five or six words because he would poke type because he doesn't know how to type on a computer and hated if you ever sent him an email. We had to fax things to him because he'd rather have something faxed than read an email. That's all. I, love, Again, I still love that you said right. that you think they spent money on the Arachnoman costume. I want um I want <laughs> they a, didn't I want to do a Patreon episode that's just Robert and a therapist explaining to Robert <laughs> that he actually hates WWE. <laughs> yeah, it's like no wrong hurt you, did, Robert. No, he, he did not enjoy his time. <laughs> <laughs> it was He's it was dope. it was so dope being there <laughs> oh. yeah can we can we robert you need a dr melfi that you can just admit all of your problems <laughs> well no you you need a you need a, a therapist that i mean which was a better role for scorpio sky than what he's doing now he was more oh, convincing you see robert robert doesn't like this truth so he's going to fucking taking the aw right, shot right to the aw heart of scott chap he's trying to going get the to war off for raw I would I would watch Robert and Dr. Shelby go over the abuses that they shared together. (laughs) Goodwill Carpalist, it's not your fault. And honestly, the only reason I can be positive about it was I spent eight seasons in the NHL. 
which is like compared to that, WWE is a fucking cakewalk. But that's a different podcast. That's when we do our Sopranos and hockey podcast. Robert, dark side of Tampa, Carpolis. I'm not in Tampa, but thanks. Oh, that's right. Coming, coming next year from ad free shows. Go puck yourself. Yeah. Hey, Robert, <laughs> Carpolis hockey podcast. It's just Ro- me and Robert then Conrad and the labored breathing. The Bruins of Boston. They're there. That's a terrible Conrad. I don't really care. I, you, I and can't. The go, you and the goon would, would be a good podcast. I, I'd listen to that. Is he still alive? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, I think hopefully. so. Yeah, that's my he, bright side. The goon is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, became uh, the original Mystico. I'm just joking. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get to contemporary wrestling. We have a lot of we have a lot of shows to cover, so instead of doing it like hour by hour, I'm just going to go around uh, for the people that watched the show, something they liked about it, something they didn't like, a little high spot and low spot, but for each show, SmackDown, uh, Robert, something you liked, something you didn't like about it. Uh, I loved uh, Street Profits and the Usos. I thought that was a really fun uh, street fight. There was an amazing frog splash. Uh, spot where Montez Ford adjusted in midair like Rob Van Dam style, but didn't fully kill one of the Usos when he did it. Uh, my low spot was the weird, convoluted Naomi, uh, Sonya Deville, Shayna Baszler, quasi match thing that they did. I don't know what anybody that's with that? captivated by it. Like, I don't know who's super excited for that storyline. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that. Um, hey, Scott, man, did, I- you see, did, you see, hey. did you see the show? What SmackDown? I saw pieces yeah. of SmackDown. I saw I saw the Reigns Lesnar thing. Uh, yeah. Who? What, what did Balor fight Zayn? Right. I saw yep. that. It was a good show. It was a solid show. The women's match was good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, for sure, the high spot of SmackDown was was Becky and Sasha. That it was such a great match, and then the segment right afterwards too was awesome. Um, with. Uh, with Lesnar and Heyman. Now, I guess, you know, the story is that the bunny beat them in the demo or something. I, I, I don't know. They're just. Yeah. 18 to 49. Eh, there's a few, there's it. a few, which is kind of crazy because the, those, Wait. like th- those two segments were legitimately Dan, better than anything. Dan, did you know there was a madcap Moss segment on this show? Well, I know, I know. <laughs> how, how was I'll that not a, the high spot for you? <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's our other Patreon exclusive. Dan St. Germain is mad about madcap. It's just <laughs> Me talking Madcap Moss every week. Uh, my low spot was this note, which does not hold up now, which is they definitely figured out Baszler starting to book her well. Uh, and then she uh, then promptly loses to Dewdrop on Monday Night Raw. and Because Dewdrop fell asleep on top of her. <laughs> that was literally that is literally the storyline she was trapped under a couch that, like that episode of friends that would be my hey, wait lowest. is it is it now did Shayna lose because well is Dewdrop a lesbian um what what well no because i'm no. asking this because i, I know, you know Shayna, know Shayna is murdering everybody yes and i i heard that and maybe i'm wrong that Shayna lost because they didn't want her to go to saudi arabia because she's a lesbian Shayna's come out as, as being uh, no, she, she's I, I don't think she's a lesbian. I know she's part of the LBGTQ plus community. Um, 
I got all the letters there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that there is probably something to that. It was just the unfortunate way in which she lost, which was choking out Dewdrop and then Dewdrop basically passing out on top of her and Shayna unable to move like she was trapped under a beam. That's bag. you know, interestingly enough, Robert, that's how every picnic ends with me. <laughs> also, I feel like Same. that's a nightmare Vince wakes up from. <laughs> man, man, Mike, could you imagine Vince McMahon trying to enjoy a picnic? Like he would just be so, <laughs> no, I he would just be furious the whole time. <laughs> what, 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 what do we do here? What? what? Yeah. We just want to eat all fucking floor. <laughs> we just fucking eat like like peasants. Where's I, my? I, 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 think, we'll, know, I do, think we'll uh, get into it. Oh, never mind. Do, go, do, go ahead. Do ants love steak wraps? <laughs> <laughs> they do. Look, it's stuck in all the ketchup before his owner. Well, let's let's move, <laughs> let's move away from um, SmackDown and go on to Rampage, which uh, I'm going to include the the buy-in show for Rampage because that's my high spot. Because like, what other high spot is there? Which is Daniel Bryan versus Suzuki. Phenomenal free match. If you haven't seen it. Check it out. I did. I do think I actually like Becky Sasha better, which everyone else would disagree with me on that. Um, and as far as low spots, I'm trying to look at at, at at anything that. I mean, there, there. You know, I guess that the the Cody had the Cody. I mean, I kind of like what's going on with. Um, with Cody and Arn, but you don't really have a low spot for Rampage. I don't know. How about how about you, Robert? Do you see the show? Uh, I did. I didn't see the buy-in, so I, I okay. can't. Uh, I enjoyed Punk and Seidel. I just I I like watching those guys wrestle. I've seen them There's wrestle. Nothing before. I hated on the show. They were they were fun. Um, I could have lived without Ruby Riot having to beat Bunny with a backslide. I I don't know why we're protecting the Bunny over Ruby Riot at this point. I feel like she could have probably won stronger. Um, and also Dan Lambert spoke on this show. So that's always going to be a low spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott. Yeah, like high, high spots probably going to be Punk versus Seidel. I thought it was great. I'm actually really digging. That, that was your high spot over Brian and Suzuki? Oh, well, okay. If we're including the buy-in, fuck no. Yeah, Brian Suzuki was madness, man. Oh, I loved it so much. Uh, I watched it twice. Yeah, uh, he's just such a great wrestler, <laughs> Daniel Brad. Unbelievable! And you know, this it's was just like, crazy, man. He can wrestle whatever Suzuki style that New Japan fans are used to. Because this, this was a honest, he wrestled a Suzuki bombing, match. You know, Suzuki yeah, man, I, did not dude, wrestle a Brian Danielson match. <laughs> dude, you you think uh, John Moxley sucks? Like, is that what it is? No, I just think that he he's. I actually think he's a lot like The Rock in that, like certain opponents expose his style. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, he's had too many good matches for him to suck. Right, I think, right. I don't think you can criticize that Moxley uh, Suzuki match. Like, I don't think you can criticize the workers. They had like fucking six minutes. Sure. Okay. That is a great point, but it's just, you know, the bite, you know, they're always like fake biting each other and Moxley's punches aren't that solid, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, I also thought the inner circle, uh, the inner circle match was was really good. People like the crowd was excited as hell for it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed everything on the show. Anybody else? Mike, did you go? 
I uh, I didn't I didn't watch. Um, I have oh, zero yeah. interest in in watching Punk and Seidel in twenty twenty one. I I don't know why it's happening, and uh, I want Punk in a storyline. And until that happens, I'm going to say that every week. So it's part of the storyline, man. That there isn't one. It's the anti building up his arsenal each match. He's adding older moves, newer Ooh. moves. He's at punk. He's advancing. He's he's continuously getting better. That's part Who of missed it. CM Punk matches. I miss CM Punk promos. No, I, no, I, I was confused. I, I realized that that Cody Arn thing was actually on dynamite, not Rampage. Yeah, that was on dynamite. Yeah, my, my bad. It was brutal, though. Um, all right, let's get to dynamite high spot low spot uh mike dynamite um i will say high spot i mean the the, the cody arn stuff is so bad that it's fun and it's memorable and i have terrible taste uh, as scott has said before um and i know it's bad it's just i can't believe it's happening and that this is your main guy that you have a reality show with also and all of that. It's just the whole thing is so weird in that they announced, I think, what Malachi and uh, Cody for next week, part three. It's just it's weird when there's a third match when one guy's like decisively lost the first two. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's a little bizarre. I mean, nobody's looking forward to that match. People may like this segment or not. No, I like, disagree. I think it's interesting because you really do, you actually don't know what's going to happen this time. You're like, well, he literally got his ass beat the last two times. So is he losing this time? Probably. And where does the story go there? I think that's kind of cool. And I'll say my, uh, my, 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 uh, my high spot. Oh, oh that was my high spot. Uh, my low spot would be. Punk giving away what was happening in that uh, Lucha Brothers yes. match with uh, with FTR, where he's like, yeah, that's definitely FTR. Like, I don't, I mean, they did that, you know, a week ago with the MJF and the beatdown. It's like, that's definitely MJF. It's like, okay, but like, just let it happen. Um, sometimes, like, I thought it was, because it's a funny storyline, especially like, and, and I know we've seen this before with the conquistadors and stuff, but the idea of like FTR doing it just adds a layer of hilarity to it. The and, idea of FTR is triple A tag champs is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Also, and, can we talk about FTR, man? They've now won belts, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and triple A. Yeah. And uh, Im- impact when they run out of money. <laughs> you know that that match was hard for me to enjoy initially because there's just confusion of why is andrade like why are they working with andrade yeah but i loved the backstage thing where uh you know they you know the payoff between mjf and andrade i thought that was awesome and looking back at it that way i really enjoyed the match uh yeah punk maybe shouldn't have blown it but part of me thinks that's intentional and Tony reacting the way he did might've made it not seem as intentional. Um, because again, like the other week when they jumped him, it's like, maybe this is part of their thing. It's obviously them. What are these assholes doing? You know, it's is, like, is Malachi it's kind of like, we're not going to mock our audience. Yes. That's, that's part that's, you know, that's part of what they're trying to do. And so they take like a trope and they go, this is stupid. It's like, we're all in on it. It's for like smart marks or something. 
Uh, is Malachi a heel or a face? Yes. He's a total face. <laughs> Robert said yes. Yeah, he's <laughs> both, man. He's a tweener, dude. He's a tweener, bro. It's shades of gray. Yeah. I mean, it's the, but it's like the Lesnar thing, right? Like, even if you're like a bad guy, if you go out there and you like put on like dominant performances and shit, you'll eventually just get over. Always. Yeah. My, my low spot. Um, I mean, my high spot, I should say for dynamite was the Adam hangman page promo. Thought it was great. Uh, he's still a little bit, he's a little awkward, but uh, needs to get a little more comfortable, but you know, he found it in the promo, like towards the end, he was, he, you know, he made me really believe. And my low spot is like, sometimes like, I think JR gets yelled at for like burying some stuff. So then he goes like way overboard, like uh, to try to make like, cause he described the Danielson um, fish fight as he wrote, feels like a Tyson fight in here. And I'm like, this is dumb. Don't say that. <laughs> like, that's not, <laughs> that's not what the feeling is here. The feeling here is, this is this is going to be a fun match. It's not it's not a Tyson fight, um, but I'm glad that I guess I guess we get dynamite again. We get dynamite. Oh, this I, Saturday, I still got to get my, my dynamite. And then next Wednesday? No, I'm just wondering. Do we get dynamite? We yeah, have this one more Saturday, Saturday and then Wednesday, Wednesday, and then we go back to Wednesday, right? Yeah. Thank yeah. God, Robert. What what, uh, what are your high spot low spot? My high spots. I had two. First was I thought the Hangman promo was really good because. In the fact that he was coming across as natural as the way he was talking about it and was trying to lay everything out. And I like that he brought up the beginning of, of creating AEW. Like everything was logical in what he said, and it built to an emotional crescendo. And the audience took the ride with him. They weren't chanting to try to get themselves over. They weren't restless. They were hanging on what he was saying. So even if it wasn't the most polished promo, it was, in my opinion, some of the best babyface work I've seen him do. Um, my, my minor one that I loved was during the fish Brian match, uh, punk calls him, uh, Daniel Bryan, and then turns to Jim Ross and says, see, it's not just you. Um, which I just <laughs> love him burying Jim Ross for being just fucking brutal. Um, my, my low spots, uh, first, I, I, and this is just me being a mark and I don't care. I hated what happened to Yuta that he just got crushed so quickly by Moxley, just cause I'm a big fan of Wheeler Yuta. Um, I get the story you're telling. It just was, uh, it, it was rough because JR's building. I was like, oh, Yuta's getting really good. Well, he was really good. Now he just got his ass kicked. And then the weird thing for me at the end was they announced the tournament. And I don't understand why Dustin Rhodes is in this tournament. What has he done in the past? Hey, he beat Nick Camarado. And that's all I remember. He wrestled Nick Camarado and he wrestled like, it just still really arbitrary and that weird. For years. Well, I, I saw him beat QT Marshall uh, in Newark. That no, never happened. That match. was that was that was a fake. That was that was fake. But like you have a rank, you have a ranking system for a reason, and then you're just like, oh yeah, and it's and Dustin and ten from the Dark Order. It just was kind of like if you're gonna have records and you're gonna have a ranking and you're gonna do a tournament use your rankings. It don't, don't overcomplicate this other than it felt like Brian probably said, I want to have a match with Dustin. I mean, that's probably what it was. That's probably what it was, but it's just kind of weird for a title uh, tournament. Um, what was I going to ask? God damn it. We were, we were just, you were just messing. 
Brandon, all right, so, somebody say something. I, 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 <laughs> yes. What um, is Wheeler Yuta? What is Wheeler? He has a really cool coat. <laughs> I, I, I love the Wheeler Yuta thing because Moxley was such a damn heel man storming out of there, like without letting the fans pat his back, like just getting away from everybody so quickly. After well, that's he, the story that it, well, yeah, gonna, his, his telling, gimmick right? is I keep yeah, getting really. put in meaningless matches every week and I just want to get them over with. So no, good. they're telling a story. Part of it too, though, relax, is he is frustrated with the bullshit. That's part <laughs> yes. of it, you know. He says that. Yeah, he says that in his promos. Yes, he just um, doesn't want to go home with his wife and kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Follow up question: Why is Wheeler Yuta? <laughs> All right. Because Danny Garcia was unavailable, Mike. Well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, so, so my my high spot was definitely the Hangman promo. Obviously, that ruled. Uh, I did like. Uh, FTR winning the AAA titles. Dante Martin, Malachi Black ruled hard. The the thing they're doing with uh, Leo Rush, like, and Dante clearly not wanting to be his partner, but Leo stepping in rules. Uh, oh, it turns out this whole episode is my high spot. A women's match at nine thirty. <laughs> what are the odds? Wait, 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 guys. What's more in character, Scott loving a whole AEW show or Robert defending the anonymous GM? <laughs> Who is more on brand this week? Uh, you decide. Uh, can I can I push myself in for the on brand um, Olympics? Because I just realized the thing that I had forgotten, short circuited <laughs> on just now. What I was is I don't know, but what, what I was about to say was I literally was about to say, is it just me or do you guys miss QT? <laughs> oh, I desperately missed that's QT. what made my head short circuit. It's like my head wouldn't let me say those words. It was yeah, it was I mean, upon seeing Brock have... Anderson's acting in a pre-taped uh, vignette that they could have reshot. Oh, this yeah, can we talk about the scared straight episode that Cody was in? Arn 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 brought him us of you to show up. Yeah. Oh my god. They're <laughs> yeah, all just hazing Cody in this weird like animal house fraternity. Oh, it's oh, so bad. And that the, 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 you heard like the ringing, like it was the ringing in his ears after he got hit. Like it went like weird, very artsy. Uh... I don't know what's going to happen with this guy, man. I mean, I think that what's going to happen is they're going to make him a heel. And then eventually he's just going to go back to WWE, right? He swore he would never be a heel. And you can always trust a Rhodes. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's just be amazed at the same like, time that like rick flair's getting canceled arn anderson's coming out as the fun one <laughs> um and uh ollie anderson is still the most miserable ollie's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. still in a waffle house smoking a cigarette in an area you're not you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes Dude, I, I think he's so miserable that even the dark side guys are like we're not touching this <laughs> yeah yeah we're not gonna we're not going to touch this. All right. Um, let's get to the uh, crown jewel. I'm not going to give you my notes because uh, if you're a Patreon member, you can get my, uh, you can get my entire review. Um, but Robert, you may have seen it. And Scott, you, uh, you saw it. What were your high spot and low spots of the show, Scott? Ooh, high spot. Ah, uh, man. I love the whole show. This is tough. Uh, whew. Hell in a Cell will be my high spot, even though it was the first match. And I kind of want to say Goldberg's performance was my high spot. Yeah, but, Goldberg uh, was really funny in a weird 
Dude, the match ruled, man. Every, it was actually, every really, match it was was actually a, a really well put together match for and, and the spot with Seth and Edge where Seth like bounced off the cage side of the cage and went through the table was great. Yeah, man. Dude, all I I I I I thought literally the entire show was great. I do not think I have a low spot for it. Robert just just, just a moral one for watching. But yeah, I, I think I think the high spot was just seeing that uh, Xavier Woods won King of the Ring. I know how in legitimately important that was to him. Uh, and I'm glad that the WWE didn't do what they always do, which is just fuck with a guy when they know he wants something. So that was great. And then my low spot is this uh, immoral, just morally complicated, disgusting show is the first show they've done all year that apparently was fantastic from top to bottom. And they do SummerSlam and SummerSlam was a slog. And it seems like every single part of Crown Jewel over delivered, which means they know how to do it, guys. They're just not doing it for you because they don't give a fuck about your peacock money. They only care when they get paid 60 million bucks to fly over and do a show that actually matters. I can't wait till we cover Survivor Series with Big E and Roman Reigns. Well, actually, Survivor Series is them all trying to get back on the plane. Yeah, they haven't flown <laughs> home yet, which means Braun Breaker is on standby to main event SmackDown tomorrow. <laughs> Cut to us getting getting $30 a week from the Saudi government. And next week we're like, hey, WrestleRoast brought to you by Crown Jewel. Yes, yes, sometimes women can drive a car. (laughs) I'll I'll just never. Uh, I'll just say that uh, I'm I'm amazed that like I'm I'm happy they finally put on a good show there because that was the thing was like those shows often sucked where it's like I feel shitty for watching this and it's not a good show. The fact that they learned to put on a good show, it, like I'm, I'm guessing, like the the uh, the prince paid up, and because uh, <laughs> like it's it right, right? Like the last few of those, like you just hear they're awful, or someone almost dies, or some sad shit. And you know, Scott and, and Dan, you both told me like this was a great show, and I'm like. Well, yeah, that it should be sixty million dollars. Yeah, well, they have the antidote for Hunter's heart, so they needed to deliver, <laughs> or else it's all over. Well, if that was the case, Vince would be like, "Well, Nick Khan would have been like, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> Everything <laughs> ends in a DQ." Vince um, would have been like, "Fuck him." <laughs> I heard the original script sucked, but then Vince saw Pitbull last night and said, "We got to top this," and, re- and made something really special. How is the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia and not on this show? Because he was introducing Pitbull. It was different money. He couldn't have stayed an extra couple hours. I love that. Oh, you know what? Here's my low spot of the show. So, um, during the pre-show, they announced that the Lesnar Reigns match was going to be uh, no DQ now, right? And then, like twenty minutes later, they were like. Uh, Lesnar and Reigns don't want to abide by that new ruling, though. And and then, which means, like, they realized that if it was no DQ, they couldn't do that finish. Uh, so we all knew how it was going to end, but we knew that anyway. But again, it was a great show, and that's a very nitpicky. And a, and a pretty good finish for that match. Yeah, man, dude, Lesnar. Lesnar looks like the in the best shape he's looked in forever. He looks like a, like an actual comic book character. Dude, also, so, yes. like, just one of the greatest ever on appearance alone. What a fucking freak. Scott stealing my gimmick for pointing out the most nitpicky thing that would have ruined the show, where had I seen that, that would have absolutely pissed me off. Yeah, man, bad, <laughs> bad. Well, let's, the- check in, 
Let's check in with the Twitterverse. Mike, what, what was the question you asked people this week? Before I, we get I was just going to say, Robert, um, there were no mouthy journalists today, which is why you didn't see an undertaker. <laughs> well, they, they didn't. Oh, apparently, they confirmed that the remains are Brian Laundrie. So, uh, oh, Alan Jewel strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean um, Saudi hero Brian Laundrie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Twitter question this week. What's the scariest wrestling-related costume you could wear for Halloween? Uh, at O'Deary, uh, dressed as DX, dressed as the Nation of Domination. <laughs> at Scott Ferry, uh, the fully grown anal baby of Heidenreich and Michael Cole. <laughs> at Movie Guy, I guess, Coco B wears flame-broiled parrot. At Bertland 19, one of the numerous skeletons in Jimmy Snooker's closet. At Adam the Hawk, Cody Rhodes' tattoo artist. <laughs> At Promographic Ken, Scott Chaplin in an I Heart Roman Reigns shirt. <laughs> At Hunter 1504, Tony Khan wearing a Nick Khan mask. <laughs> so a boy dressed as a man. Um, <laughs> at a Santos 3421, a bowling shirt, a balding head, and a dull personality. I call it the QT sort of Marshall. <laughs> at Bootsy and Badger, Road Rage Arn Anderson. <laughs> at 655321 King, a union representative. I'd wear it to go trick or treating at WWE Stanford headquarters. <laughs> At Ad Heller, a duffel bag filled with Randy Orton's poop. At TNADCT1, the ratings for AEW programming from the point of view of Vince McMahon. <laughs> and uh, finally, at Hackney McVapid, Dusty Rhodes' weird stomach blotch. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is so, terrifying. So, so Grimace. Grimace, Grimace. from McDonald's. Leave the Grimace alone, baby. Um, let's keep on you, Mike. What was your high spot and low spot of the week? You can do both. All right. Uh, my high spot of the week was Undertaker <laughs> announcing Pitbull in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just the most silly thing. I mean, I've watched it. I've shared it. I've laughed. I've loved. Um, what a wonderful it's fucking watch it. What a bizarre moment. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Mr. 305. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean we we are reviewing the uh undertaker uh escape the undertaker and a uh, new day thing uh so it's just it's just the, the, the post-wrestling career of the undertaker has been amazing that he's finally willing to do the job uh any job <laughs> now that he's no longer wrestling um and then my my low spot would be uh the the fucking the tweeting of both Tony Khan and and uh, Roman Reigns, like on both sides. I think it was an interview of, with Roman, right? Yeah, it was an interview with Roman, and just the back and forth. Like Tony Khan's Twitter is really sad, where he was like, "I'm not Ted Turner, and if you know, and, and Ted Turner is not as good as me because I'm still running a wrestling company, and he's not. It's like just just put on a good show, like and." And the whole thing of, you know, Roman besmirching AEW, like, I know that we as fans need conflict, and uh, especially when it's manufactured, uh, and we love that kind of, you know, stuff, and it's fun. It's just, it's sad when the grownups are doing it. 
Um, you know, it's like the guy in charge of the company uh, should just, this is why Nick Khan is better than Tony Khan because Nick Khan doesn't tweet. Uh, Robert, what's your high spot, low spot of the week? Um, so I'll do my, my low spot first was, I was basically what Mike was going to say, which was Tony Khan tweeting, especially when there was someone who was talking about the ratings and he wrote to him, look dog, which tells you everything you need to know about what I've always thought about Tony Khan, that he makes all of us seem really well adjusted. This fucking kid needs to like go play in the street or something like that with, with i'm trying people. to get our, our friend of the show benji afalo to do a tony khan impression they look exactly alike dude he spelled dog d-o-g he spelled it d-o-g oh, no. Uh, no. Like he, oh this fucking kid and then my high spot is mjf talking about all of this stuff and they asked him about roman reigns and him trying to be in character be diplomatic by pointing out hey i may be in wwe someday um, because he's the smartest fucking person. Yeah, I've never in seen him be less searing about someone. <laughs> and it was so, it was so good. He was, he's like, like, he was yeah, just like, like, I respect the guy, pretend, but it's like, you're Roman right. will pretend to not know who I am, but he knows who I am. But at the same yeah. time, I may wind up in WWE. So I'm going to, it's like, he's like, he's like Dan on this show. Like, I'm not going to totally bury WWE because Vince <laughs> may call someday and be like, we want you to write raw. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Dan, can you and those dogs come down? We need some good shit, pal. <laughs> what about two? I, I, I'd take 205 Live at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. That's, the, that's my low spot now. What's your high spot? <laughs> that was a sad high spot. You had that, all week. Uh, Scott, what's your high spot, low spot? Who? Okay, so. Uh, I do have a high spot that's from the G1 uh, that I will talk about more on the Patreon, but Shibata returned for a, like a five minute exhibition match with mm-hmm. Zack Sabre Jr. And he's a wrestler who uh, was injured in 2017, blah, 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 blah. You'll hear that on the Patreon. I have another high spot that I think is fun to tell on the podcast. So um, AEW this week, they released the uh, sweater and a shirt uh, saying that they, they joined forces with uh, Su- Susan G. Komen, right? The organization. And, um, and then people reposted a tweet that CM Punk made in like 2017, where he said, um, he said, if you're going to give money to a company that claims to raise money for finding a cure for cancer, please do some research. Komen is a scam, right? Uh, and again, this like resurfaced and AEW had just teamed up with Komen. So now, like during the podcast, a- Shop AEW just posted a tweet that said, um, hold on, let's, uh, October is breast cancer awareness. Wait, let me get the right one. Oh, AEW teams with Breast Cancer Research Foundation. So they oh dropped G. Komen. Uh, in a medical Punk facility? Retweeted Punk retweeted it with a heart, which means that Tony Khan, you know, did the Susan G. Komen thing found out about what Punk said, dropped them, and, and joined another organization that is not as shady. How Put fucking Susan cool G. Komen through the barbershop window. Yeah, how cool is that? That's my yeah. high spot. My low spot is from the G1 that I will talk about more um, on our Patreon. But in the main event of the G1 final, Kota Ibushi got hurt, and they had to stop the match. And Okada won. And it's a real injury, and uh, man... Awful year for it's him. Real. That, that Awful sucks. year for New Japan. That bummed me out. And I watched it live. 
So definitely uh, listen to the Patreon because I'm going to go in depth about how I was up at six in the morning at work while watching Japanese wrestling. My high spot is 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 Japanese wrestling related. I will be reviewing New Japan with Scott, but uh, Buddy Matthews is is going to be in New Japan. Buddy Murphy, we brought up Buddy Murphy early in the podcast. I'm a big fan of him. I was kind of nervous that he was going to either get like kind of swallowed up in AEW or can be completely lost in impact. But him in Japan, I think it's a great fit. I think it's good for both him and the company. So uh, hopefully, you know, that, uh, you know, I think you should stay there, man, you know. Um, and also Becky and Sasha on SmackDown, I thought were great. Blue spot. Um I had to take a lot of, I had to drive a lot this week. So I needed, uh, I needed to listen to something in the car. No. Uh, I got the observer again, but just God for damn a it. month. Oh, just, no, you relapsed. No, just for a, just for a month. I'm going to cancel it again. I just needed to I quit any time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just needed to know. I, I was about to review the G1, and I've only seen three matches before. No wonder I Christopher was... is your favorite Sopranos character. <laughs> I feel like his favorite Sopranos character should be that guy Danny play, uh, David, played by uh, Robert Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good for it, man. <laughs> that dude is so sad. Yeah, he was great in that. He's great in that show. The opposite yeah. of T1000. Robert Patrick, who's now going to be starring in the Peacemaker TV show with John Cena. Yeah, him as Cena's dad. Uh, it's funny because knowing the real John Cena, John Cena Senior, it's like anyone playing Cena's dad is doing less of a caricature. Well, it's even better because he was the villain in Twelve Rounds. Oh, that's well, wow! Yeah, he, yeah. Cena's Cena's dad is such a heel that when Edge brought up Cena's, he's like, "I I beat up Cena's dad." It got a huge cheer in the. In the, <laughs> in the, in the I would like I, I would I would like to uh, read uh, just a small section of the Susan G. Komen controversy page on Wikipedia, if I can. Uh, <laughs> sure. In 2007, the organization changed its name to Susan G. Komen for the Cure and trademarked the running ribbon as part of its branding strategy. Komen has come under fire for legal action against other organizations using the phrase for the cure in their names. An August 2010 Wall Street Journal article detailed a case in which Komen told the organization Unite Against Lung Cancer to no longer use the name Kites for the Cure for its annual fundraising event. Komen also wrote to the organization to warn it against any use of pink in conjunction with cure. More than 100 small charities have received legal opposition from Komen for use of the words for the cure in their names. Among the offending organizations, Par for the Cure, Surfing for a Cure, Cupcakes for a Cure, and Mush for the Cure. More like Susan B. Trippin. Am I right, guys? Susan B. Trippin? <laughs> a charity that sues other charities. <laughs> Is of course a charity that would work with WWE. <laughs> yeah, take out take out all those territorial charities, pal. Yeah, it, um, it didn't say if they won any of the cases, and if they lost, then it definitely explains why they work with WWE. <laughs> all right, oh, folks, oh, wait, real quick, the high spot, Mike. You need to look this up because I, I I saw this up. They did a be a star rally in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing funnier you will see than that. Yeah. 
I was nervous that like Titus wasn't going to be allowed to say breast. I was like, hopefully he's not. Uh. Hopefully, hopefully he's not thrown in the fucking jail for that. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. Um, that was our episode. We got a fun one next week. Uh, roasted cane, which also means the bright side of cane. For show and hell, we're going to do Shane McMahon's nuts being electrocuted, which I have only seen once. I have seen, but it'll be interesting to watch it. For we must hate ourselves. World Cup, our gimmicks that we're looking at, our grimmicks that we're looking at next week. Orlando sexual predator Jordan. That was his TNA Impact gimmick, where he used to um, lower to the ring in a fuck swing. This is true. Uh, Verse Friar Ferguson. Uh, and if you know anything about the order, way kinkier than Orlando Jordan. Dynamite or dud. High spot, low spot. Patreon. We're doing Escape the Undertaker next week. Then the roasted Nick Gage. If you, and you're going to get me in Scott's uh, New Japan review and mine Crown Jewel and some of the sports. Uh, you're going to get to hear me and Robert's take on Halloween Havoc next week. Subscribe to the pod. Uh, leave five stars. Oh, my dogs are about to start barking. So, right. Mike, what are your credits? I mean, what, what should we do? Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, should we do? Uh, Mike Lawrence Comedy on uh, Instagram. And, uh, Contribute to the Facebook page, uh, the Wrestle Rose Facebook page. A lot of fun. Uh, Robert? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH and uh, buy one of our shirts. And if you uh, take a picture of yourself wearing it, one of us will give you a call. I spoke to uh, Dan Young all the way over in the UK. Uh, and uh, we went up talking for about 45 minutes about various wrestling stuff. And it was a fucking blast. So it's uh, that's always fun. So, uh, yeah, uh, go on our uh our pro wrestling tees store, pick up a shirt and uh, you get to talk with one of us. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, you won't hear Dan's dogs necessarily, but it's still fun. Uh, buy three shirts and you could talk to Dan's dogs. Uh, Scott. <laughs> uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on Instagram and Twitter. That's it. All right, folks. We'll see you next week.